morning. It's January 18th, and this is your Daily Brief in U.S. News. Here's everything you need to know. In a recent meeting, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland sat down with families of the victims from the Uvalde school massacre. They discussed a comprehensive 400-page Department of Justice report that scrutinizes the law enforcement response to the tragic event. The report identifies critical failures in various aspects of policing, including protocols, communication, leadership, technology, and training. These shortcomings contributed to a tragic delay in action, culminating in the loss of 19 children and two teachers. Many families left the meeting feeling disappointed, voicing their desire for accountability and insisting on systemic changes. Meanwhile, local prosecutors are actively conducting a separate criminal investigation into the incident. In the aftermath, several officers have been dismissed from their positions, and numerous lawsuits have been initiated against the police and local authorities. In a broader response to the tragedy, President Joe Biden has made a commitment to take action. He has pledged to implement the recommendations outlined in the report and to tackle the pressing issue of gun control. The report specifically points to school police chief Pete Arredondo, condemning his actions for causing critical delays and holding him directly accountable for the flawed response. A federal judge has stepped in to block JetBlue's $3.8 billion merger with Spirit Airlines. The ruling highlights concerns that the merger could lead to reduced competition and higher prices for consumers. As a result, Spirit Airlines finds itself in a precarious position, grappling with the dual challenges of a fleet of grounded planes and significant financial losses. In contrast, JetBlue appears to be on more stable footing, already looking ahead and laying plans for expansion. The thwarted merger deal could paradoxically turn out to be a boon for JetBlue, given that Spirit's stock has taken a nosedive, plummeting by 59% in the wake of the blocked merger. Analysts are sounding the alarm over Spirit's towering debt levels, with some suggesting that declaring bankruptcy might be the airline's most viable escape route. Nevertheless, Spirit Airlines is not waving the white flag just yet. The company is expressing confidence in its business strategy and is actively working to fortify its balance sheet and streamline its operations. Despite these efforts, the collapse of the merger has stoked fears of bankruptcy or even liquidation for the airline as it navigates through these turbulent times. The U.S. Senate has cleared a critical hurdle by passing a temporary funding measure worth $1.66 trillion, aimed at averting a government shutdown. This stopgap bill maintains the previous year's budget levels until early March, providing legislators with additional time to negotiate and approve a comprehensive budget for the remainder of the fiscal year. The House of Representatives has also given the green light to this measure, reflecting a rare instance of bipartisan agreement in a divided Congress. As the bill moves to President Biden's desk for his signature, it carries with it the weight of ongoing discussions for further financial support, including a separate spending package focused on Ukraine aid and bolstering border security. Despite the overall support, a faction of House Republicans has voiced strong opposition, labeling the bill a complete disaster and expressing concerns over national security risks due to protracted congressional inaction. The measure's passage, by a vote of 314 to 108, underscores the urgency of preventing a government shutdown, which could have dire consequences. Such an event could disrupt services across the board, from delaying benefits for veterans to halting aircraft safety inspections and stalling critical loans and support for rural communities. 
House Republican Mike Johnson, in particular, may encounter resistance from within his own ranks, as some party members staunchly resist any stopgap funding that does not include explicit spending reductions. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is making strides in New Hampshire, directly challenging Donald Trump in the race for the Republican nomination. As she campaigns, Haley is sharpening her attacks, framing Trump as vulnerable and casting him in her ads as a bully and a liar. She's not alone in this fight. Chris Sununu, another Republican governor, joins her in the push for a generational shift and a pivot back to the GOP's roots before Trump's presidency. Despite these efforts, Trump maintains a significant lead in national polling and enjoys robust support among Republican primary voters. Haley's strategy hinges on her ability to draw in independent voters, leveraging her non-lawyer background and her emphasis on economic issues, which have garnered her a substantial following. Meanwhile, Trump is disseminating false claims about the New Hampshire primary voting rules, asserting that Democrats are allowed to participate in the Republican primary. This is inaccurate. The primary is open only to Republicans and independents. This misinformation could be rooted in Trump's concerns over Haley's potential to attract a demographic that once helped him clinch the nomination through open primaries. The debate over the merits of open primaries continues to divide Republicans, with some viewing them as detrimental, while others believe they facilitate the creation of a broader, more inclusive party base. Trump has not provided any comments in response to requests regarding his statements on the primary voting rules. Extreme cold weather in Chicago is putting electric vehicle owners to the test, as they face reduced range and charging difficulties. In freezing conditions, EVS can lose up to 41% of their driving range, a consequence of slower charging rates and decreased battery efficiency. To tackle these issues, experts recommend preheating the cabin, preconditioning the battery before use, and driving at reduced speeds to conserve energy. Tesla has issued specific guidance advising to keep the battery charge level above 20% to avoid the worst of the cold's impact. The Biden-Harris administration is actively seeking to bolster the reliability of EV charging infrastructure, a move that could ease some of the current challenges. Meanwhile, automakers are on the hunt for innovations to better protect battery life and improve charging in cold weather. For individual owners, the advice is clear. Park in warmer places. Charge more often and steer clear of fully charging or depleting the battery. Despite the promise of future improvements, the current scarcity of accessible public chargers remains a hurdle. However, federal funding is on the way to enhance the charging network. For now, the most reliable charging method for EV owners braving the cold is to plug in at home, ensuring their vehicles are ready to face the chill. This has been your daily brief in US News. To read more about these stories, follow the links in the episode bio. You can also subscribe to these updates at www.brief.news. For more daily podcasts about the topics you love, visit www.brief.news forward slash podcasts. Tune in tomorrow. We'll be back with everything you need to know.